The following program is presented by the Far East Broadcasting Company because stories of people living out the gospel with their lives inspire all of us. FEBC, taking Christ to the world through radio and new media. Learn more at febc.org. We've actually lost the art of listening. If we want to evangelize like Jesus, we have to become the very best listeners on the planet. And in our church strategies, we have to craft spaces for conversation, not just spaces for proclamation. Coming up now in First Person, we're going to meet Craig Springer, who is Executive Director of Alpha USA, a program designed to introduce people to the Christian faith. Thanks for joining us. We'll hear from our guest in just a moment. These conversations are for the purpose of hearing the stories of how God uses people from all walks of life to bring honor to the Lord through their life. There are amazing stories told each week here, and they're all archived online at firstpersoninterview.com. But in addition to the website, each program is posted as a podcast as well, so you can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or many other podcast platforms and download any of our hundreds of interviews. Just search for First Person Interview. Alpha has been described as a simple idea of a great meal, a short talk, and a meaningful discussion about life and faith over 10 weeks. Now in over 6,000 churches and 500 prisons, Alpha has over 1.3 million participants globally. Craig Springer is the executive director, and I asked Craig to describe Alpha in his own words. Thanks, Wayne. Alpha is a conversation series, usually spread out over 10 weeks, intended to create space for people with lots of questions and doubts about faith, maybe no faith background or even sort of hostility towards the Christian faith. And it usually involves three components, a time of connection or when we can gather in person food, although we're doing them online now. Mm-hmm. It involves a short talk. Now it's usually the film series that we've produced. And then group conversation. And the key to Alpha is that the Christian facilitators primarily are asking questions and listening. And over this course of 10 weeks, we find that many people say yes to Jesus. In fact, Barna did an impact study in Alpha that found that 82% of non-Christians who participate in Alpha report developing a relationship with Jesus on the other end. That's terrific. That, that really is. Uh, we'll talk more about Alpha and how you go about what you do. It really is a friendly way for people to just bring their questions. Perhaps they are non-believers and they just have some very basic questions. It's just a, a way to engage, right? Absolutely. And as well for believers, too, who've been carrying doubts and questions along the way, find a tremendous growth in their faith through that journey. It's usually run through churches as one of the primary evangelism strategies of a church, but also we're running in over 700 correctional facilities across the nation, and people do them as home groups or student groups, things like that. Tremendous invitational tool for Christians to invite their friends to. Well, we have a lot to talk about. You have a new book coming out, uh, just being released, How to Revive Evangelism. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Alpha. But I want to talk about you and your calling. Uh, when did you come to Christ, and what were the circumstances, Craig? Uh, thanks, Wayne. I was a senior in high school when all the questions and sense of purposelessness and just the challenges of life really came crashing in. I grew up in a family. My father was... Uh, Came, grew up in a Jewish family, Hebrew school, everything. My, my mom didn't grow up in that background. I don't know 
what happened at some point they decided that I wasn't going to be raised within the synagogue. And so my mom started taking us to a very traditional church in town and I never (laughs) appreciated it and just sort of drifted away as a young teen and got into all the rebellious things you can imagine and remember coming to the end of my high school year and uh, years and saying, God, if you're real, I'm empty. I, I want to know you. I need help. Show me. Hmm. And this amazing uh, new friend at school invited me to this flourishing church that knew how to, in a very compelling way, share the gospel. And I remember they taught on John chapter four, talking about living water. You know, if you're, if you're thirsty, come to me, says Jesus. Hmm and you'll never thirst again. And Beautiful. I just thought, I'm, I'm thirsty. I'm going to say yes to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I, I grew, honestly, instantly from that point in time. It wasn't easy, of course, but it was very significant. How did that growth happen? Was it people? Was it just spending time in the Word? How do you attribute that? I what? ended up spending that summer reading Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis of over course. and over again. I think I gave my life to Jesus about 10 times reading that book. <laughs> And going to church, you know, three times a week, sort of making up for lost time. And then once I ended up away at university, I plugged in with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, which I absolutely love. Yes. And the couple leading that group just saw where I was and took me under their wing and helped me grow my faith, certainly by studying the Word and participating in small groups and and many other things, missions trips. What about the call to ministry then? Did you know you wanted to be in some form of ministry immediately, or did that come later? How, how did that come it about? It didn't take long. I felt as sort of this idealism-oriented young man, if God has meant this much to me, how could I do anything else but spend the rest of my life helping helping people find a relationship with Jesus? And I really didn't have a dream in those college years and later beyond helping people find Jesus. Hmm. And, and also, I, I studied international economics, had a passion to alleviate poverty, and have been able to be involved in a number of those works mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. But it was a very clear, this is what my life is about from the very beginning. Okay. So, you've been involved in youth ministry, and you've been a teaching pastor, correct? Youth ministry, teaching pastor, missions pastor, church planner overseas, and now... Alpha with a focus on evangelism and um, building up the church. Let's talk about the overseas part of that. Where was that? So in the 2006, my wife and I were freshly out of seminary. We had done a three-year leaders internship at a church and thought we need to go where the gospel is least accessible. And I had some missions history in Central Europe and felt like, gosh, in this post-communist societies, there's such a hunger for truth and and purpose, yet such a limited amount of churches are are making a real investment. And so, we ended up in the Czech Republic in the capital city, Prague. And at the time, it was known as one of the most atheist nations on the planet, 0.001%. Beautiful city, I understand. I've I've been to many European cities, but not Prague. But uh, it's got to be on my bucket list, though. (laughs) Oh, it's so beautiful. It wasn't bombed in World War II, so a lot of the original architecture was was retained. But uh, for many reasons, 
is very difficult for the gospel to take root. A lot of historical reasons. And we built a friendship and a partnership with a Czech leader there who was translating at the time the first modern Czech translation of the scriptures and released it. And without a deeply embedded um, church and Christian backdrop, it became at the time the national bestseller because people were so interested in this new literature that was being released in their in their modern language and we saw a lot of great fruit from those years and handed the church off to that that friend of mine yeah and we transitioned back to the states so when did you encounter alpha was it when you were a pastor and began to use the program how did that happen it was i was leading in one of the campuses of a large church in the chicago area and overall we were known for evangelistic effectiveness for many decades. And we started seeing these trends as the church was aging, we we're having a more difficult time reaching millennials. And it seemed like everything we were doing was just hitting a plateau. And we started recognizing culture shifting around us with the, with the sort of onset of post-Christian American identity. And we started asking the question, where is God working in a post-Christian setting? And that's when we turned to Alpha. It was launched almost 30 years ago in central London, which if you roll back the time machine, you know, Western Europe is often culturally or spiritually 20 or 30 years ahead of, of America. And it was a thriving global ministry, reaching people in millennial settings, post-Christian global settings. And we just said, let's try Alpha. Let's not try and redo it in ways that we think will be better. Let's just try what God's been using. At the time, over 20 million people globally have gone through it. What he's blessing in these post-Christian settings and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And sort of turning the flywheel over time, we started seeing more people saying yes to Jesus, more millennials coming to, to Alpha, bringing their questions. It, it unlocked this whole new capacity to reach a new generation. And so we started running it for a few years and started seeing baptisms and conversions increasing. And then I transitioned to another church in the Denver area and almost the same story replayed. So I turned to Alpha as a pastor desperate to equip the congregation to reach their friends and reach our community. And we saw it as a tool, fruitful, unlike nothing I'd seen in our recent history. So I just became a huge fan as someone who used it to mobilize our church. Yeah. I know churches of all shapes and sizes uh, utilize Alpha. I, I, I've never been through any Alpha program, but I, I kind of view it as a non-threatening way to bring people uh, into the, the conversation. Is that is that a good way to put it? That's a great description. If you strip it down, it really is a new believer's curriculum. The very basics. Who is Jesus? Why did he die? How can I have faith? How and why should I pray? Why should I read the Bible? But it's packaged and set with a tone for someone with zero background or even a hostile background. And again, the format, we call it a listening center group where we're not hammering the truth into someone's heart. We're letting them watch a a well-done film and creating space for them to ask questions, poke holes and talk their concerns out. And it, over time, it's sort of like the layers of an onion over someone's heart to strip away and they re- recognize, number one, I'm belonging in this community before I believe in the tenets of the faith. 
And then it's creating space where the questions aren't just stuck in my head, but I can start wrestling with my heart in the process. And it is this gradual experience that draws people into faith. And interestingly, their journey isn't individualistic. They're, they're without even knowing it, being trained how community is essential in, event, in discipleship. And so often we find people plug directly into those churches where they've been on their exploration journey right on the back end of saying yes to following Jesus. We'll continue to get to know Craig Springer of Alpha USA coming up in a moment on First Person. And there are so many stories of God at work through the Far East Broadcasting Company. We just had to find a way to tell more. Well, you know, Wayne, hearing all these testimonies has absolutely changed my life. And I want to use a podcast to be able to go deeper with some of the real stories that I get to see as the gospel's going out all around the world. And these stories will change your life, too. So listen to the new weekly podcast until all have heard from FEBC. Listen at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast platforms, or go to febc.org. My guest is Craig Springer, who is Executive Director of Alpha USA. You mentioned it started in London. Obviously, it jumped the pond. It came to this country, and it's well utilized in, in many settings. What's the first thing that happens when someone signs up at a church and begins to attend Alpha? What, what can they expect? Well, now we're running it online, given the new realities of our world, right. and they jump into an online discussion group. But when we can run them in person, and there are some in-person ones happening right now as well, the first thing they experience is an amazing meal. We believe in hospitality is one of the keys of the heart. And that's straight out of scripture. You know, Jesus often did yeah. more ministry around a table than yep. he did in the temple. Meal fellowship. Yeah. So we try to lay out the red carpet with good food. And if it's online, with just great open-ended welcoming conversation. Mm -hmm. And then we shift into a lighthearted MC moment and making people feel very welcome and disarmed. And then we shift into this film. We have the Alpha Film Series, and we also have an Alpha Youth Series for teens. Good. They watch about a 20, 25-minute film. It's globally shot. It unearths a lot of the questions. It provides some teaching, even apologetics and straight theology. But again, packaged for someone with zero background. And then after that, at least 45 minutes to an hour of small group conversation where the host's essentially asking, what did you think? Tell me more. You know, how did you develop that point of view? Can anyone else relate? Mm -hmm. It's in the process of these drawn out conversations that, pe the, that the Holy Spirit is rewiring people's hearts and minds. They're, they're hearing the truth through, through proclamation, but we're creating often what is a missing ingredient in evangelism, which is a space for conversation. I see. Okay. All right. And we should mention, we're having this conversation when many churches are still on lockdown, so to speak. Others are not. And hopefully by the time that our listeners hear this, maybe things are opening up a bit. We just don't know what the future holds at this time. But it's good to know that even in this COVID era that Alpha goes on tremendously online. We never thought it would work because we thought, how can you not be face-to-face? -face? How can you not be eating some great, you know, barbecued beef at the same time and mashed potatoes together? And, and how could the Holy Spirit show up through a computer <laughs> signal? But it does work. I picked up from your website that you're also uh, taking Alpha into prisons. Isn't that right? Yes. It, over set, we have over 30,000 
inmates annually, just in the United States, who are participating in Alpha Online. And even more so, they're hungry, they're open for conversation, space to be heard. And, and we see some of the most powerful testimonies coming out of that work. And many chaplains and, and wardens ask us to come and bring Alpha in because they hear from their other counterparts how it helps not just the spiritual health, because some of the wardens aren't as interested in that, but even the mental health mm -hmm. of inmates. And mm -hmm. so we love to partner with churches in that effort. Yeah, it's very exciting to hear. I know you take training very seriously. So how, how do you go about training people to lead groups like this? And who are these people? Well, mostly they're churches. We're running in about 7,000 churches and college ministries and, and correctional facilities across the nation. You can literally go online, alphausa.org, and just click on Run Alpha, and the training videos are all right there. They're very simple. It's very structured, so it's easy to scale larger or smaller. We do offer online training webinars, and throughout the year, as we can travel, we have teams that are hosting trainings at churches all over the nation. Mm -hmm. Can you pull any stories out of your pocket there that... Uh, uh, life that's been transformed, someone who's come with questions and doubts, and obviously they've they've come to faith because of Alpha. We had a gentleman come to my church before COVID who was a police officer in the city where I live, and he had experienced one of the national news tragedies that you've seen in one of the mass shootings. Unfortunately, mm. he's one of the first responders. Mm. He stepped into the room and secured the scene and ended up holding people as they passed away. There was oh. nothing else they could do in that moment. Oh. And he reflected back in that time and said, it felt like concrete just started setting in around my heart. Mm. And of course, as a police officer, he's experienced a number of tragedies and domestic abuse situations. And, and so he just had a real closed off heart that, you know, how could a good God allow all this pain and suffering? And his wife attended a MOPS group, Mothers of Preschoolers at our church. So they weren't necessarily following Jesus, but she started following Jesus through MOPS, which, by the way, I absolutely love and support yes. and encourage churches to use. And she said, well, what about my husband, you know? And she heard about Alpha and said, hey, I want you to go to this. He understands what's good for him and said, yes, honey, I'll be there. Good for him. And yeah. And he showed up very closed off and quiet. And we never, we never call on people. We never force them to talk. We let people sit there however they want. And for the first four weeks, he literally sat with arms folded. You know, it's, it's uncomfortable. You get a tough cop in the group, not saying a word. And, and I think it was week four or five, he said, listen, I know you're all here asking, is God real? And then he reflected that story I just shared with you. And he mm -hmm. said, I couldn't ever believe in a good and loving God after the things I've experienced. Oh, goodness. And instead of someone, you know, bashing in with what might be true, you know, all the theology behind pain and suffering and free will, we just said, oh, I can't imagine that. Tell us more, you know, can anyone else relate? Create that space for listening and conversation. We always have a, a prayer weekend or prayer experience connected to Alpha. We call it a retreat, even online. And we invited him and he came. And we believe that it's not just an explanation that leads people to Jesus, it's the experience of God's presence, his love. We're not introducing people just into doctrine. Right. We're introducing people into this relationship. Yeah, and the so Spirit's got to energize it, doesn't he? Yeah. He said it. And so it's not just information, it's a spiritual encounter. So we said, 
listen, I know you might not even believe all this stuff yet, but if God's real, he's going to show up. Let's try praying and see what happens. And, and we said, just say this simple prayer. God, if you're real, show up. You know, come Holy Spirit. And he said, okay, whatever. And he prayed that prayer. <laughs> and he sat there and he just started slowly tearing up and, and, and weeping and some People came around. We train. We have a whole prayer model. We train people with very simply. And at the end of that, he he took a breath and wiped away and said, "I can't believe I'm going to say this, but something like concrete just shattered off my heart. Oh. I felt this warmth inside like I've never known." And he said, "I, I love Jesus. <laughs> this stuff is real. As as real as gravity is real. Praise God." <laughs> and we just said, "Yes." Yeah. And, and then after that, he was a volunteer in the next Alpha Cycle and, and started attending our church. And it's just tremendous. These stories over and over again. I mean, every year, just in the U.S., we have over 400,000 participants, many of whom who can replay testimonies like that. Yeah, oh, that's a great story. Craig, tell me about your book, How to Revive Evangelism. It's just out. I mean, it just came out a few days ago. So tell me about this new book. Yeah, it was conceived. We did a countrywide study with the Barna Group, Alpha and Barna, sort of a state of evangelism in the U.S., and found some incredible, heartbreaking, and heartwarming findings. And I wrote the book to put those findings into application. So it's, it's got a layer of statistical analysis of what's working and what's not. And then we have this purview of seeing you know, over 7,000 churches in almost every denominational setting in the United States. And, and again, we can see like w- what's working, was able to frame it up. And really it, it unpacks seven shifts in how we can share our faith, given that culture has shifted. We may need to shift, not the message, but maybe the methodology. And they're all based out of the gospels. These are examples of, of how Jesus shared his faith that maybe we've lost mm. along the way. Things like conversation, not just proclamation. That would be one of the key shifts where Jesus in his ministry asked 307 questions. Mm. He was asked 183 questions. He only directly answers eight questions in the gospels. It's profound. It's almost 40 times more likely that Jesus's interaction would be listening centered rather than proclamation focused. And then you strip away all the evangelism training and strategies of our churches and realize we've actually lost the art of listening. If we want to evangelize like Jesus, we have to become the very best listeners on the planet. And in our church strategies, we have to craft spaces for conversation, not just spaces for proclamation where people hear our preaching. That's Craig Springer, the executive director of Alpha USA, describing his vision of introducing people to Jesus Christ. For more about Alpha and its program of study and fellowship, please visit FirstPersonInterview.com. We have a link there that can lead you to learn more about the ministry. And please join me in thanking the Far East Broadcasting Company for making First Person possible. I invite you to go to FEBC.org and learn how the gospel of Jesus Christ is being proclaimed in many countries via radio and the internet. The Far East Broadcasting Company is proclaiming the message of the life-giving gospel in nearly 50 countries, and these are some of the hardest places on earth to reach. At febc.org, you can listen to the podcast until all have heard and learn much more for prayer. Go to febc.org. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. 
Thanks for listening to First Person.